Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst for Money and Markets here with your weekend edition of The Bull and the Bear. Now, if you are living in three quarters of the United States that isn't South Florida, uh, then we certainly hope that you are very safe and, and, and we're hoping that your power comes back on if you're experiencing outages, but be very safe. Understand that winter weather has, has really pressed through and we appreciate you taking time to, uh, to stop and, and then watch these videos uh, amid all that. But be safe, mo most importantly. Um, now, obviously, we, we've changed things around a little bit. We've done it for the last couple of weeks. We're, the, the, the impact has been uh, phenomenal. The, the response we've gotten from, from you guys as viewers and listeners uh, has been unbelievable in terms of changing things around. And now each weekend, you get three, three credible buy recommendations from Charles, uh, Charles Sizemore, co-editor of Greens on Fortunes, uh, Adam O'Dell, chief investment strategist and founder of Greens on Fortunes, and myself. Uh, and uh, we do that for you each and every week to give you three buy recommendations for your portfolio. So that has seemed to take off. So we figured, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's what we're going to do. First, although I want to remind everyone, make sure you're going to moneyandmarkets.com each and every day. This includes Saturday, Sunday, every day of the week, and even on holidays. The team works very hard to make sure we're providing you with safe and sound profitable investment information for your portfolio. Sign up for our free daily e-letter. Just drop in your email at moneymarkets.com. You'll get that free e-letter every single day. And it has articles from myself, from Charles, from Adam, from a wealth of other financial experts and gurus in the business uh, just to help you, uh, help you with your portfolio and uh, grow your wealth. So make sure you check that out at moneymarkets.com today. Uh, now to jump right in, uh, you know, obviously the, 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 the overarching thing here is we each want to bring you uh, a buy recommendation from a stock that we have researched over the last week and that we feel uh, is going to perform very well, not necessarily just tomorrow, but over the next, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, even longer. These are, these are, these are long positions that you want to take in these, in these recommendations if you do choose to move ahead with them. So I'm going to first start with uh, Green Zone uh, Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore, which by the way, if you have not, uh, if you are not a subscriber to Green Zone Fortunes, you really should be because he's got a pick out there that uh, he and Adam just released last week or earlier last week. Uh, so uh, you want to make sure you uh, jump in on that. You can go to the website, uh, moneymarkets.com, find out more information on how you can do that, or you can hit up the investing secret dot com and find out how you can sign up for that. But I'll throw it to Charles. Charles, first off, uh, welcome. And uh, Charles typically usually is usually comes to us from Dallas, but uh, is in actually Peru, so he's not necessarily uh, experiencing the uh, bone chilling cold and snow uh, that they're getting back in his hometown. So first off, welcome. And uh, second off, what is on your mind? What are you looking at this week? Well, right now I'm looking at the Pacific Ocean specifically, but um, <laughs> no, I, I've never been uh, happier than today to be out of Dallas. Uh, normally, I, I really like Texas, like Dallas, and that that's home, but uh, not 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 really missing it at the moment. But uh, moving on, so you know we've we've seen the uh, the trends in electric vehicles now for the last couple of years. Um, electric vehicles have been a really big investment theme. The problem for me is that I look at the stocks and they just, they don't look investable to me. You, you, you bring up uh, Tesla on our, on our green zone rating system and it's middle of the pack at 50. And the only reason it even rates 
uh, 50 something. The only reason it, it even rates that high is because it's, it's actually at a 100 on momentum. Like its momentum rating is, is actually, you know, literally as high as it could possibly be. And it rates fairly high on growth, but it rates poorly on literally everything else. And so to me, that looks like a momentum stock dangerously at risk of running out of steam. Now, of course, I've said that for the last couple of years and it just keeps going higher. So, you know, shame on me, I've been wrong, but um, I look at, at Tesla, I mean, I, I believe in the theme of electric vehicles. I, I, every government in the world is gunning for this right now. They're going to make this happen. Um, consumer acceptance has been somewhat slow, but it's getting there. When you uh, are presented with the fact that, hey, with subsidies here and there and whatnot, it actually is cheaper to own one over time. Great. You know, there's less maintenance, you know, there's, there's less, you know, there's fewer things to break on an electric car. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good things going for them. Problem is how do you invest in them? I've said for a while, Tesla's biggest threat is going to be competition from traditional automakers. It's not like every automaker in the world is just sitting here waiting for Tesla to disrupt their business. They've been eagerly getting into electric cars, autonomous driving, everything Tesla's doing, everything Tesla makes headlines for, except possibly the Bitcoin thing, everything else Tesla's in the, in the headlines for, the, the major traditional automakers are doing the same. And that brings me to my pick for the week, Volvo. The Swedish car maker best known for being safe. You know, that was always their, their, their competitive advantage was they had a very safe car. Um, Volvo went in big with electrics, I would say fairly quietly because most Americans really never saw this happening. It, it, they made a lot of noise about it in Europe, but somehow the news just never, never really got, got stateside. They made a, strate a strategic pivot to go all electric and to some extent hybrid, um, electric and hybrid. And, and hybrids, of course, are like the old you know, Toyota Prius that has a gasoline engine that can be used to charge and to supplement the battery. But if the battery is charged, it just it runs like an electric vehicle. So they decided several years ago that that's the direction they were going to go. And as of 2019, they already had every vehicle in their portfolio available as a hybrid or electric. Now, they still sold mostly gas, you know, gasoline-powered uh, cars, but at least every model had an equivalent uh, hybrid. Now, by this is where it's fun. I pulled the numbers. By 2025, they want, in 2025, just four years from now, they want to be all electric and hybrid. They want at least 50% of their, of their new car sales to be from hybrids and the other 50% from just pure electrics. There's no space in there for just good old fashioned gasoline engines. They're, they're moving beyond that. By 2040, which will be here before you know it, they want to be carbon neutral. Now, for an automobile company to be carbon neutral, that is ambitious. At the end of the day, it's a heavy, it's a heavy, heavy industry. There's, there's a lot of pollution involved just in making a car, but uh, it's a lofty ambition. We'll see if they make it. But anyway, that's their goal. It's, and they're, they're not being shy about it. I mean, they are broadcasting from the mountaintops. I think, I think Charles might have cut out on his video a little bit there. But to capitalize on what he's saying until he comes back, I, you know, uh, Volvo. I don't know how many people know this, but in the, in the midst of before I joined Adam and his team uh, at Money and Markets, I was covering business in South Carolina and Volvo has a very, very big manufacturing facility in Charleston. Uh, and and, and uh, so part of you know, what I uh, had the opportunity to do was to actually cover Volvo. Uh, and uh, you know, he talks about the, uh, the electric sector in terms of cars, 
But another thing that Volvo has been very aggressive with, and that is on their truck side. Uh, and, not, and I'm not talking about their pickup trucks. I'm talking about their industrial size, uh, you know, transportation trucks, the trucks that will transport uh, goods and services, goods to and from various places. This is where they've actually started with their electric push. And it's proven very well for them because Volvo trucks is actually a very aggressive uh, market. They, they have very good market share, especially in Europe. So, and in case anyone was wondering, uh, Volvo, it trades on over the counter. It's an OTC stock. Uh, and its ticker is, and I, I'm, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm going to try to get it. It's VLVLY, I believe is what Volvo is, VLVLY. Uh, again, it trades over the counter. So, you know, you have to be, uh, you know, a little, you know, you have to kind of search for it a little bit, make sure your brokerage firm will allow you to trade over the counter. But it does rank very well. Um, I did see that the, the rankings on on the Green Zone rankings, I believe it, it is, uh, we're strong bullish on the stock. It is in the 90s. Uh, it ranks very high across uh, all six metrics that uh, that we use in, in the green zone rating system. Uh, so I think it's a very very strong pick. If we get Charles back on, we'll we'll uh, we'll I'll have him close with that. But I'm going to throw it now to to Chief Investment Strategist Adam Odell, also the founder of Green Zone Fortunes. And uh, welcome. Uh, you know, you and I have the benefit of being in South Florida, so the weather here has been uh, very nice. In fact, a lot of people from the north are flocking more and more here to South Florida to get away from the cold. And 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 uh, I, you and I both come from the north and certainly can't blame them at all. But, uh, you know, you've been looking at stuff all week. You've been, you've been looking at charts and, 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 and examining things all week long. What, what have you picked out for us today? Yeah, um, it's funny that Charles was talking about the EV market, the electric vehicle market. And in fact, I think I cut him off there just because I didn't like what he was saying. My pick kind of goes the opposite direction of it. <laughs> so I, I uh, put a voodoo on him. But no, uh, in all seriousness, um, you know, I think that the EV market is, is the future of uh, passenger vehicles, maybe even the future of, of larger transportation uh, trucks, like you mentioned, Volvo getting into and and some startups recently that went absolutely insane from the IPO. But I won't give them a name. But um, basically, I think that I mentioned this a couple of weeks back, uh, and, and I think that people are uh, underestimating the amount of time and effort that still needs to be done to get, uh, you know, to full, get full penetration of the EV market. And I think that the, uh, there's a little bit too much optimism in that industry and the, and, the, and the growth of that industry. And I think on the flip side, there's a little bit, not, not a little bit, there's way too much pessimism uh, surrounding the traditional oil and gas sector. Um, so, you know, they talk about how, how, you know, how long does it take to, to move a tanker 180 degrees, a large, huge ship. It takes a long, long time to move that ship. And that's kind of an allegory for how you can think of the, uh, the global dependence on crude oil and, and fossil fuels. Um, it, it's built into the infrastructure of so many countries and companies and, and uh, modes of transportation that while renewables and, and EV is in the passenger space is the future, I think it's going to take a good bit longer to get there than uh, most people are um, kind of hyped up about right now. Charles was talking about uh, Volvo's ambitions. I think that GM's ambitions is to be all electric by 2035. Uh, I believe if, uh, he may know better than I do, but I think Volvo is trying to get all electric by 2030. I know they have the 25 uh, goal of being 50-50 with hybrid. Um, Jaguar just came out with a 2025 goal. They're going to try to be all electric by 2025. That's in less than four years. Uh, Jaguar is going to be try to be all electric. Um, I just think that's a little bit over ambitious, and I think that uh, you can see that pessimism. You know, you can see the optimism in the EV market if you look at those stocks, and you can see the pessimism in, in traditional oil and gas stocks. So, you know, there's a couple ways to play that. You could short Tesla. I wouldn't recommend doing that because you might get your face ripped off. 
Um, a better way to do it, I think, is to buy into the oil and gas sector at uh, really, really cheap valuations. And all it's going to take is a little bit of, um, you know, coming to Jesus moment with folks saying, you know what, oil and gas isn't going away next year. And I think these stocks are going to get bid up uh, back up to, to more reasonable levels. So the pick I have today is kind of an ancillary play on the oil and gas business. It's an uh, oil tanker company. It's International Seaways. Uh, the ticker symbol is INSW, INSW, International Seaways. And basically, this is a company out of New York. Um, they own 36 huge uh, vessels that transport crude and uh, distillate products like gasoline, uh, basically anywhere across the world. Um, they own these ships, and they are now trading at a valuation of uh, price to book value of 0.54. And what that means is that if you, if you look at the book, if you look at the value of, of all the assets they own, that they could sell off if they had to, um, and you divided that by the number of shares outstanding, the book value per share is $38.77. Yet if you go out to buy the stock on the open market today, you can pay just $20.25 roughly uh, for the stock. So you're basically buying the company for a half price, its book value. Uh, its PDE ratio is less than five. So if you're talking about a market that's up in the high teens and 20s, uh, this is a dirt cheap stock. And at the same time, this company still earns money. They have operating cash flow over the last 12 months of a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, their net income positive. They have a rather low debt load, especially for a tanker uh, type of company, which is very you know, capital intensive. Another thing about that book value is you might think, well, maybe investors are, are assigning a 0.5 uh, price to book value because the, the quality of the assets on the company's books are low quality. Maybe these tankers are like 50 years old and they've got rusted holes in the side of them and they're on their last leg. That's just not the case. So basically this company um, underwent a major reinvestment and they upgraded their ships. They bought nine new ships in 2017 and 2018 at the bottom of the cycle when these ships were rather cheap. Uh, they invested $600 million to get nine new ships. And those nine ships are already spinning off about $150 million per year in revenue. So they're getting about a 25% yield on that investment. It's going to pay itself back in just a few years. Um, and, and so the, and basically everything else is going to hit the bottom line. Also, it takes a very small amount of uh, increase in the, in the rate that um, they can contract for the, the, the moving of crude with their ships. Uh, for it to, basically for all that income to hit the bottom line. So I think this is a very overlooked um, company. It's kind of a, it's a small cap. It's like 500-ish million. So people aren't really into small cap stocks right now. People aren't really into value stocks right now. And people sure as heck aren't into oil and gas stocks right now. So I think that those are kind of three strikes against international seaways as far as sentiment. And I think that's an opportunity for us to come in and buy a company that it's going to be around for another 20 years um, while the oil and gas industry is still kicking. Um, even if it's losing market share to EV and, and renewables. Um, so I think that if you buy the stock at a price to book of 0.5, there's easily you can make a 50% to 100% return in the next couple of years uh, in a pretty safe way. The stock is basically bottomed out. It's shown a reverse head and shoulders pattern. Uh, I think it's going to go higher from here. And I think it's a good kind of contrarian play on the pessimism in the oil and gas industry. So again, it's International Seaways. INSW is my pick for the week. That was a very interesting. I like how you laid that out. Yeah, you know the 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 ratios that you talk about there are really just phenomenal in terms of if you're looking at something to get into that has a you know a great value with the potential of of, of massive gains. You know that it doesn't get much better than that. That 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 price to book ratio is tremendous. I don't think I've ever seen. I, it's been a long time since I've seen one that that with that low. 
uh, and especially now when stocks are just frothing uh, everywhere, uh, just in value. They're just overvalued across the board. So um, I, I like it. Very interesting. That's INSW International Seaways. Uh, now, for me, I'm going to stay away from energy. I'm going to stay away from EV. Uh, I, I, you know, to me, you know, I'm, I'll, it'll be EV a little bit, but not, not, not quite the, to the impact of the Volvo. Um, you know, it's not much of a secret for anyone who listens to the bull and the bear on a regular basis that I, I love smart tech. Um, I, I like solid performing smart tech companies. And what I mean by that are companies that make things related to artificial intelligence, 5g electric vehicles, big data automation, you know, all these things that we see as part of like an industrial, a new industrial revolution, if you will. These are companies that are really at the forefront of developing our future, whether it be wearables like, like, a, like a watch or whether it be factory automation in terms of how cars are built, whatever. Anything involving smart tech, I think it has a lot of room to run. And, and one thing that's kind of at the center of smart tech are semiconductors. Now, you've all heard about semiconductors in terms of all the rage with 5G and all that. But you have to understand that semiconductors are much, much more than just 5G related. Um, they're really at the heart of modern electronics. They are essential components of electronic devices that are used not only in communication, but also in healthcare, transportation, clean energy, much, much more. I, I don't want to get into the technical descriptions of what makes up a semiconductor or what they actually do, because that's very, very convoluted. And you almost have to be an electrical engineer to fully understand what that is. But you only have to know that advances in those fields that I mentioned, communications, healthcare, transportation, clean energy, those can't be done without semiconductors. And, you know, just for, take, for example, new smartphones. Now, I'll go back to 5G because it's relatable. With 5G, you know, you have to have semiconductors for your smart devices to connect to new 5G networks. That's just, there's no way around that. And autonomous cars or even electric powered cars, for them to work properly, they need semiconductors. And companies that make semiconductors or assist in the construction of semiconductors are going to explode in the next couple of years. There's no doubt in my mind that that's going to happen. And while it's easy for me to say that here is a traditional semiconductor company that is going to blow the doors off things, that's not the direction I'm going. I'm going to go for more, I guess you would call it maybe a pick and shovel or ancillary play on, on semiconductors. The company that I'm looking at is, I'm going to, hopefully I pronounce this correctly, is Coolkey and Sofa Industries Incorporated trades on the NASDAQ. And the ticker is KLIC. Uh, it's a Singapore-based Singapore company that specializes in developing equipment used in the manufacture of semiconductors. They don't actually make them. They make things that help make semiconductors. They help build packaging equipment that connects semiconductors to its protective casing. So semiconductors can't just be out and exposed in the open. They have to be protected in order to maintain their viability. And this company, uh, KLIC, Kulki and Sulfa, that's exactly what they do. Now, first I'll talk about the company's financials. Uh, then I'll get into the stock. And then finally, I'll, I'll address the stock with Adam's Six Factor Green Zone ranking system to show you why this company is a strong buy. Financially, the company is coming out of a two-year period where sales were relatively light, to say the least. In 2019, the company reported sales of right around $540 million dollars. That increased just a little bit to 623 million in 2020. But now you're starting to see, as we come out of the coronavirus pandemic, and as we you know, come out of, of production slowdowns, uh, now you're going to see increased demand for chipsets for 5G, for healthcare, uh, for clean energy. And, and this is all big business on the horizon for a company like Coolkey. 
Um, these chipsets require more complicated packaging, uh, which means uh, you know big semiconductor companies like Taiwan Semiconductor, Qualcomm, you know, whether they're foundry semiconductors or companies or not, they're going to be spending top dollar to ensure their semiconductors are safe no matter what their application is. The demand is, is expected to be so great that Coolkey recently increased its fiscal year guidance uh, to $1.1 billion in revenue for 2021. Now remember, 2020 revenue, $623 million. Their forward projection for 2021, $1.1 billion. That is a huge increase. Forecast revenue, uh, revenue forecasts uh, are expected to reach 1.12 billion in 2022. That's a 108% increase from the total revenue from 2019 to 2022. Uh, demand may soften a bit leading into 2023, but the company is still projecting revenue of more than a billion dollars that year as well, looking forward. And that's a big bounce from those lean years in 2019 and 2020. Uh, the increase in revenue is going to increase into a big jump in the company's earnings per share. In 2018, Coolkey uh, had a diluted EPS of around 80 cents per share. That dropped to 18 cents per share in 2019. It's a huge drop off, again, all relative to the massive slowdown and the backlog in terms of chips and the slowdown in production due to the coronavirus. By the end of its fiscal 2021, the company is projecting its diluted earnings per share to be $3.20. Projections suggest EPS of $3.12 in 2022. Now, to put that in perspective, if you look at 2019, where earnings were 18 cents, if you fast forward that to 2022 to $3.12, that's a 1,678% jump. That's a huge jump in diluted earnings per share for this company. Uh, at the beginning of January, the company reported uh, total cash and investments of around $584 million, and more importantly, no debt. None, very little to no debt whatsoever, and a huge stock of cash and investments uh, that they have at their disposal. Now, the company's stock price spent most of 2020 fairly flat. It only gained about 44% off its March 2020 low of $17 a share. But starting in November of 2020, the stock has really started to take off. It's an uptrend that really hasn't even stopped yet. Coolkey's stock price has now bounced 194% off its March 2020 low and is trading at more than $52 a share. Still very affordable, but again, that, that's a big jump from where it was off at lows. This, this stock was trading in the 25, $20 to $25 range for most of 2020, uh, and now it's up to $52 a share. So uh, I'll, I'll get to why that's important here in just a second. In the last 12 months, the stock has gained 104, 107.4% in price. Now, if you compare that to the semiconductor equipment and services industry, uh, their average gain is only 88%. And so you can see that Coolkey's stock is actually outperforming its peers on a broader level. And then finally, I looked at Adam's six-factor green zone ranking system. Coolkey and Sofa ranks a 96 overall. That means only 4% of all of the stocks that we rate are actually higher. Uh, if, if you take a look at that, uh, you know, it also means that we're strong bullish on the stock. We expect it to outperform the broader market by at least three times over the next 12 months. Now, it's got strong returns on investment, equity, and assets, along with a 48.4% gross margin, uh, which is all better than industry average. It gives, that gives us a 98 on the quality metric that we have. Uh, the stock has been in a strong, strong uptrend since November. It, gives, it has an 87 on momentum. Uh, that momentum hasn't suffered much in the way of downward movement. So Coolkey also has an 82 on volatility. Remember, the higher the volatility score, the less volatile the stock actually is. Coolkey's uh, projected sales growth earns it a 76 on growth. Its price to ratios are all better than the rest of the industry price to book, uh, price to cash flow, and price to earnings. 
all better than the rest of the semiconductor industry. It gives it a 65 on value. It's a big company. It's got a market cap of about $3.1 billion. So it ranks 48 on size. But as to, to use what Charles has said before, really not a whole lot we can do about size. So, uh, you know, the size rank is kind of mid-range. And it's because it's a bigger stock. I don't really think that's a huge factor here, but just to sweeten the pot and, and to give Charles Sizemore a little bit more to maybe salivate on on this stock, Kulki & Sulfa comes with a four dividend yield of 1.1%, which equivalents to about 56 cents per share per year. So it's a high quality, strong momentum stock. It's going to capitalize on the need uh, for new semiconductors in a big way. And this need is not going to go away because the companies uh, have just started to barely roll out potential 5G products, EV, um, healthcare advances, autonomous vehicles, factory automation, all these types of things are all going to rely on a new source of semiconductors. Kulki and Salfa is going to be there to help these foundries and these semiconductor companies protect those semiconductors and keep them safe and allow them to last for long periods of time. But to realize the potential of, of you know, three times returns of the market, you're going to have to get into the Kulki and Salfa now because like I said, it's gone up to about $52 a share and it shows no signs of slowing down. So if you want to jump in and, and see that, the, that, that gain, that potential three times, if not even more, I would almost say that, that three times maybe a little bit conservative, I can see the stock going even higher. Then you have to kind of get into it now uh, to take advantage of that before the price really skyrockets. So Kulki and Salfa trades on the NASDAQ under KLIC. That is my pick. I see that Charles Sizemore has returned and rejoined us. I did kind of steal a little bit of your thunder with Volvo. I talked about Volvo trucks. Uh, the truck division uh, uh, really jumping into EV as well. And, and, and it's, uh, uh, it's green zone rankings were also very strong. So I didn't know if I, if I stole your thunder too much, but uh, if you want to jump back in and, and talk a little bit more about Volvo, uh, then feel free. Gotta love technical difficulties. Um, the, the, the byproduct of the, the modern era of uh, communications, but no, Volvo, uh, as I, I'm not exactly sure where my, my, my system failed me, but um, Volvo, apart from being a high momentum and high growth stock, it's also a high value stock, which is, which is rare. Usually you have to pay up for growth and uh, momentum. In the case of Volvo, we've, we found one of those unicorns cheap. It, uh, it's an 85 on value. Um, volatility and quality, also quite good. Rates very solidly in the, in the 70s and 80s. If there is any weakness, it's just on size where it, where it rates uh, an 18. Um, that's not a deal breaker by any stretch, of course. Uh, large cap stocks have done, done fantastically well in, in, in recent years, but we're not going to get that, that small cap bounce. But uh, yeah, I think that's um, uh, it's, it's a solid stock right now that's still under the radar of most investors. It, it does trade over the counter in the sense that um, it does have that quirky, you know, five, uh, you know, five, five letter um, ticker symbol, VLVLY. But uh, don't be intimidated by the over-the-counter. A lot of European companies that have good trading volume, good corporate governance and whatnot, uh, you know, it, it trades in Europe, of course. It's U.S. shares trade over the market, uh, or sorry, over-the-counter. So uh, that's, that, that's a distinction. I tend to shy away from over-the-counter stocks if they're, if they're domestic and they're just too small to be listed. In the case of Volvo, it's a quality listed stock. They just didn't want to go through the U.S. process after already having gone through it in Europe. Very good. So to kind of recap, uh, uh, Charles is, is bullish on Volvo. That is over-the-counter OTC, uh, VLVLY. Uh, Adam has come in with International Seaways, a, a transportation company that transports oil, crude oil, and other uh, petroleum products 
via C lanes, obviously. Uh, that ticker is INSW, and I'm going with Kulki and Sulfa Industries, which is a semiconductor uh, company, a semiconductor play uh, that trades on the NASDAQ as KLIC. One last go around, Adam O'Dell. Uh, one last parting shot before we, uh, we break off for the weekend. I think that's all I've got this week. I mean, we did just release the monthly issue of uh, Green Zone Fortunes, so we've got an interesting pick in there that I think all three of us are really hyped up on. So uh, you can tell viewers where they can get access to that. But other than that, I'm uh, anxious to dig into another one next week. Charles Sizemore, parting shot for the week. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love that this last issue of, of Green Zone Fortunes. Uh, it it kind of hits close to home for me as well. I've, I've personally dished out money on some of this company's equipment. So uh, <laughs> you want to be part of this. I, I think, I, you know, if, if, if not to give it away, but anyone who has kids of a certain age has probably spent money on this company's products at some, at some point or another. But you can check out how to get into Green Zone Fortunes, which you certainly should do. Uh, you can go to moneymarkets.com or you can actually check out theinvestingsecret.com uh, and we'll put that, that web address down below here and find out how you can jump in uh, and, and take advantage of all the great stuff that we have with Green Zone Fortunes. It's all right there. So, and also, like I said, check out moneymarkets.com. Uh, each and every day for uh, free, safe, and sound profitable investment information provided to you by myself, from Charles, from Adam, and from a wealth of other experts in the financial world. We do that seven days a week. Uh, sign up for our free daily e-letter. Uh, you'll get that in your inbox each and every morning, uh, giving you updated information on what's new in the markets and what we're looking at uh, and what you should be looking at in terms of your portfolio. So for Charles Sizemore, co-editor of Green Zone Fortunes, chief investment strategist Adam O'Dell and founder of Green Zone Fortunes, I am research analyst Matt Clark. And until next time, everyone, safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 